it's beginning to look a lot like Hanukkah. <laughs> you looking at my face right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw. You better I, watch yourself. I, I, <laughs> watch yourself. I caught you completely off guard right now. Yeah, I already can't see my jaw drop to the floor. <laughs> But it is that time of year. It is. It's Hanukkah. And this is and this is Kiddush Club podcast. And we also like you have to be ready with your gifts. Are you ready with gifts? Absolutely not. Me neither. Yeah. But there's some time. There's some time. (laughs) There's like a little last minute. (laughs) Right. Absolute last minute. Right. It's not like we're gonna get a sale. There is no Hanukkah sales. So right. So it's it's like right. (laughs) <laughs> you don't get the sales till after the 25th. Yes. But that's where we're stuck right now. Do you and get your wife a Hanukkah present? Of course. How do you not? Of course. But you have eight days to figure it out. Like, even if you didn't at the very first night, right, there's this look that comes your way, and it's like, don't worry. It's only the first night, right? Yeah. Like, I'm waiting until one of the later nights. It's so grand, this gift that you're going to get. That, <laughs> but then it's that, not so grand. Right. It's usually a scarf. Right. You know, or something. Wallet. You right, know, exactly. But 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 that's all Hanukkah calls for, right? Nobody's getting a, a, a diamond ring or necklace or something on Hanukkah. That's just not what Hanukkah is. I mean, that's what Yontif is for, right? Or birthdays, right? But Hanukkah does not warrant jewelry. It just doesn't. Right. Like, don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> it's not me. I didn't make these. I don't make the rules. Does your wife get you a Hanukkah present? Yeah, usually yes. Yes. Yeah, nice. it's modest, but it's 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 something. Okay. Okay. Good. I think it's not set in stone by us. I usually try to get something for Hanukkah. Uh, sometimes I get something in return, sometimes not. Sometimes she gets something, sometimes not. Well, I grew up envying the kids that had like a gift every night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, come on. That's that's not realistic. It's just not where I was, I'm no. just not from that kind of no, cloth. No, me neither. You me know neither. what I'm saying? Me neither. Sometimes, no, over the years, maybe sometimes I would just do little candies and things. But not real gifts every night. That's there ridiculous. are people that get real legitimate gifts every night. Like one night it's the PS5. The next night it's like, I don't know, an Oculus Rift headset. I don't know. What? I'm telling you, this it's out there. They're giving us all a bad name. Yeah, no, it, they ruin it for everybody else. Yes. So, well, I think for us the biggest gift has been this viral clip that just is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yes. And it's really thanks to Elon. Because he, he's been promoting it like crazy. Uh, yeah. And like we said in our last episode, you could go listen. He they, he was featured on Israeli TV playing our clip. But now he's actually forwarded us another clip from someone else who took it and stitched their own uh, reaction. Well, not reaction. You have to see it or at least hear it yeah, to know what it is. We'll play it. Uh, his name is Tal Rishon, I guess. and uh, He's a comedian in Israel. And it just... Out of the blue, this came. Yeah. And so he plays. So it's basically just to present the clip. It's me asking Elon the question. So he plays the role of Elon answering the question. Uh, So here it is. Obviously, you're not. I mean, you don't sound like a stereotypical Israeli. Where do you hail from? Neshama, why like this? Kapala, not me, not you. This is good price. You know Galgadot? Where is Bet Chabad? This is kosher because I don't eat pig. I only eat cows and chicken. Only moo and bak bak bak. Sin keso, sin chamun. You know Omer Adam? Riki, ratzitem zara. No, here, yes, potavit, ayladim. British born and raised. I was born, born in London to Israeli parents. I uh, grew up in the UK. Only moo. <laughs> 
and buck 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 <laughs> that got me he's great this is this was so amazing of course join our whatsapp group so you could get the video so as we've been doing let's talk a little bit about the news but in terms of the pro-semites and the anti-semites as our, as our listeners know we've been ranking them and uh musk has been the mover in the shanker who's been spanning both lists uh, he moves again, once again this week. Musk will move once again. But before we get to him, we're going to go to Arnold Schwarzenegger. So former California governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, a favorite governor, last week met with relatives of three people that were seized by Hamas and are now held in Gaza. And it's always nice to see, you know, high-profile celebrities supporting Israel, supporting the cause. And this is what he had to say. I always want to be there for the Jewish people and for Israel. I am a big friend of the Jewish people in Israel. And I... It's only somewhat of a chiddush because he was the governor of California. Right, but... But doesn't... I think he always was a, an Israel supporter. A pro-Semite. Yes, agree. Yes, what, what number? <laughs> Let's give him... Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be getting number seven on the pro-Semite scale. You know why? Tell me why. Because the bigger celebrity they are, for them to do it, they get a higher number. So he's not capable of a 10, basically. You're telling me. Because no, he's no, not he that is. big of a celebrity. No, he is. Depends. You know, if he shows up at the uh, March for Israel rally, he shoots up a couple points. Interesting. So he's there listening. Is... <laughs> There's room for growth here. Mr. Governor. Arnold. You know what Arnold. to do. <laughs> you can go higher. Okay, and that brings us to the, our next favorite topic of discussion, which is Elon Musk. We're still getting the mail about Elon Musk. Yeah, but a lot of people still unhappy that you ranked him a two, even a two on the anti. Yes. Right? But first of all, let me call out the episode art for last week. That was phenomenal episode art, right? It, was, it really it, was. It really was. It was Elon, Elon Musk. And ripping his shirt open like a Superman. Right. And, and, and he has the Israel flag in there. he's got the Israel flag in there. So good to hear that he's moving, actually moving to the opposite extreme yeah. of the list. Which yeah. is, what's, your, what's, your, uh, what's your rating for him? Because I had him, before going into this, after this past week, I had him at at least a five or six on the pro-Semite scale. Wow. That's, that was high. Yeah. No. Well, and I know okay, you're so, not going to agree. Okay. Well, first, let's, let's mention uh, what he did this week. So first of all, he tweeted and he included a Pusik in Hebrew from Mishle, which, I mean, only pro-Semite would do such a thing. True. Uh, he also was in an interview, I believe it was from the New York Times, he had the following to say. Do you see, you see this thing? Mm -hmm. Do you know what it is? Why don't you tell everybody? This is, this says, it says bring them home. The hostages. It was given to me by the parents of, of one of the hostages. And I said I would wear it as, as long as there was a hostage store remaining. And I have. The Jewish people have been persecuted for thousands of years. Everyone here has seen the, the, the massive demonstrations mm -hmm. for Hamas in every major city in the West. That should be jarring. What more does this man have to do to get into your good <laughs> graces, sir? No, but as I, as I said last time, 
it is possible to be on the pro-Semite scale and the anti-Semite scale simultaneously. No, you never mentioned this. Yes, I did. This is like a conver- converging <laughs> of two worlds. Like, how is this happening? It's possible. It's possible. I'll tell you how. And I use the example with Joe Rogan. Musk, in my view, he generally has good views about Jews. However, he does follow a lot of anti-Semites. You know, he does follow them on Twitter, etc. And he is apt to lump all Jews together, which is by in and of itself anti-Semitic, right? Instead of saying, you know, the left, the extreme left of the Jewish people is just as bad as the extreme left of the non-Jewish people. That's fine. But to say Jews are X or Jews did X, that, no pun intended with the with X. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, <laughs> no. it would be great if he said Jews did X. <laughs> Once you lump all Jews together then you're you're on the scale. I'm sorry. So he remains at a two. He remains at a two. He remains at a two. So you, he doesn't even make the pro-Semite scale he for does, you? He does. He does. Oh, yeah. you're saying he's got he's two, on the, yes, two he's ratings. Yes, simultaneously. He's simultaneous on both, yes. And what's your pro-Semite rating for him? I'm going to give him, I'm going to put it up there because, again, he's a, he's a very big celebrity and he's done some very major pro-Semitic actions. He's going to a... Six. Oh wow! Because I was right on target, yes. basically. Yes, you were. Which on is target. good. But I. But also, he's saying on the anti-Semite scale. Yeah, but I am going to say that it might be explainable because he is the owner of X.com. Like he, Twitter is his, so you know he has to play a different role than the rest of the people, right? He has to be engaging. So maybe that's why he's interacting with these accounts that are anti-Semitic. No. Maybe. I'm no. just saying. Because he never accidentally retweeted someone that was, you know, super pro, you know, like a conspiracy theorist that was on the on the right, uh, meaning on the right uh, from a Jewish perspective. He only does like these weird right people, these alt-right people, and that's not okay. But I'm sure you saw the video, amazing video. The Cybertruck came out this week and to a lot of fanfare finally came out the cybertruck i yeah, think we've been hearing cool. we've been hearing about it for a very long time we all know what it looks like already to me it never looked practical but here it is it well it's bulletproof you know that i saw that which by the way concerns me why because let's say you need to get out of it like usually you can break glass <laughs> cops are not shooting at the door to get <laughs> yeah but like no the glass i don't think the glass is bulletproof it's just the the body of well it's bulletproof. there's countless videos of people just trying to shatter the glass with yes. no luck yes right but and not with bullets i don't think okay well you know people don't keep guns in the car in case of an emergency <laughs> but you might have to get out what do you do if you have to get out which reminds me of a story with somebody i knew that actually fell off an embankment and needed to get out of the car. The doors were jammed. Wow, they used the jaws of life. That's what they but used. They, the police they used couldn't, the jaws of life. But there were no police. It was just him, right? He had to get out of the car. And he was able to. And he was able to smash the back window and get out. And he gets a couple of feet out and the car exploded. Wow. Life saved. Wow. Whatever. That's a whole story because he attributed it to wearing tzitzis. But that's a different story. That's a story for another time. Yeah. Remind me. Yeah. And I may tell you. But. You need to be able to get out of a vehicle. You can't have these shatterproof uh, windows. Like well, that there, concerns there's, me. There's other concerns you should have also. This is, uh, I believe, one of the first or maybe the second production car, street legal production car that has no steering wheel stem, which means that there is no connection between the steering wheel and the wheels of the car. Usually when you turn a wheel, you turn the steering wheel, it actually turns a lever that turns the wheels. Right. And there's power steering and things like that to assist. In this case, it's all electronic. So when you turn the wheel, all it is, 
is a computer that's controlling the wheels. It's not mechanical. Well, Tesla so if that, is... If, that, if anything goes wrong, if there's any software bug, you lose steering. Yeah, and that could be mid-drive, you're saying. Yeah. You know what else um, it makes me think of is they have these uh, bombs that are not actual bombs, but they are electromagnetic, and they short-circuit yes. everything. Yes. What yes. is it called? Electromagnetic pulse. Yeah, something like that. And, and imagine something like that goes off while you're driving. Well, if that goes off while you're driving... You've got bigger problems. You've got bigger problems. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, if it ends right there, you'd be lucky. Exactly. But the best part of the Cybertruck, I wanted to say, was the clip that they released, and Musk released it himself. Amazing clip. And you see a Cybertruck racing a Porsche 911 on a track. I saw that, yeah. And you see the Cybertruck beats it, and then the camera pans, and you see on the back of the Cybertruck, it beat the Porsche towing a Porsche 911. Right, while having a Porsche on its back. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing video. Well, well done. So, Musk, kudos. Well done. Well done with the Cybertruck, and well done being a pro-Semite. Our next pro-Semite... Wait, you make it like he's listening. Oh, he listens. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be able to resist that episode? Of course. He definitely listens. I wouldn't be surprised if that, if the album art that we had for that episode, if he somehow used it somewhere. He would retweet it, I think. Did you did you at him? No. You told me not to. That's true. I was gonna. That's true. Okay. Next pro semite is Elise Stefanik, representative from New York. The universities were at a hearing for Congress where they were grilled about the anti Semitism that's going on on u- university campuses that we all know about. We don't have to get into it. But we have a clip from Stefanik here, Representative Stefanik, and it was really amazing. Uh, we did our best to cut it shorter. It's it's a bit long, but it's well worth it, and uh, we're going to play it for you now. Yeah. So based upon your testimony, you understand that this call for intifada is to commit genocide against the Jewish people in Israel and globally, correct? I will say again, that type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. Do you believe that type of hateful speech is contrary to Harvard's code of conduct, or is it allowed at Harvard? It is at odds with the values of Harvard. Can you not say here that it is against the code of conduct at Harvard? We embrace a commitment to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, offensive, hateful. It's when that speech crosses into conduct that violates our policies against bullying, Does that speech not cross that barrier? Does that speech not call for the genocide of Jews and the elimination of Israel? You testify that you understand that is the definition of intifada. Is that speech speech according to the code of conduct or not? We embrace a commitment to free expression and give a wide berth to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, You and I both know that's not the case. You were aware that Harvard ranked dead last when it came to free speech. Are you not aware of that report? What action has been taken against students who are harassing and calling for the genocide of Jews on Harvard's campus? I can assure you we have robust What actions have been taken? I'm not asking. actions underway. I'm asking what actions have been taken against those students. Given students' rights to privacy and our obligations under FERPA, I will not say more about any specific cases other than to reiterate that processes are ongoing. 
That was Claudine Gay. That was the president of Harvard being ripped apart by Representative Elise Stefanik. Yeah, I would not want to be on the other side of that. And this is not the only time she did it. I watched a big chunk of the entire hearing. She goes back. They keep going back to her where she just takes another swipe and she keeps attacking. She was really unbelievable. She herself went to Harvard. She talks about going to the Hillel House uh, for Shabbos dinner. I, I had to check to see if she was Jewish herself. She's not. And she actually calls out again Claudine Gay and asks, did you even go to the Hillel House? She said, you, you, you waited 50 days or something like that to even step foot there. That's an embarrassment and destroys her. But this was ridiculous. I mean, yeah, why can't you just admit? Like, what? why is it so hard for this woman just to say, okay, like, you know. Because they're not doing anything about it. They're allowing them to, to continue saying these but things. But you have to look at the stats and say, hey, we're Harvard and we're dead last. Like, in we're not, speech. we're right. We're not last in anything. Like, why should we be dead last here? Like, what is the, what's stopping this woman? Because she's, two things. Number one, they haven't done anything. And number two, they're not going to do anything. So she's not going to, she's not going to say now in Congress, oh, yes, uh, we're going to be stopping this because she has no intention of stopping it, which means she's a number seven, eight, eight. I want to go with nine. Nine? How does it get worse? I no. mean, you have to actually no, kill said, Jews to be worse. <laughs> right. I hear what you're saying. See, and it's a grumma. Like, she's causing... I mean, she said these things are abhorrent, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But you're right. Actions do speak louder than words. No, I think we... I think we have to reserve a nine. No, we have to reserve it. Okay. Remember, Hamas is 10. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? I, I would say eight. I'll compromise with you. I'm going to go with seven. I'm going to go with seven. I'm going to go with seven. And her anti-Semitism, just to be clear, stems from the fact that she's in a position of power to do something to stop anti-Semitism, and she chooses not to. On the flip side, Representative Stefanik, oh, she is up there on the pro-Semite. What are you giving her? I'm giving her... Solid eight. Seven. Oh, solid okay, eight. Going, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to take this one. I'm going to take this one. I give her an eight. She's okay. fighting. Yes, First of all, she she's not Jewish. Yes. And she's fighting the good fight. I'll go with you. I'll, I'll give her the eight. There I'll it give is. Her the eight. She was excellent. But we have to reserve the, you know, the 10 spots, the nines, the eights, the nines, <laughs> and the tens. You know who gets number 10. Who? We said it last week. Fetterman. Yeah, he's doing, he's, he keeps going. He just keeps going. He's unstoppable. Yeah, he's he's earning his 10. He, he tweeted twice this week, well, even more than that, but two that caught our eye from Fetterman. So in one of his tweets, he retweeted a video of the protest, which we should talk about uh, in Philadelphia, where they stood outside uh, Goldie's falafel stand, where they were chanting, Goldie, Goldie, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide. And he responded and wrote, they could be protesting Hamas. They could be protesting Hamas's systematic rape of Israeli women and girls or demanding the remaining hostages be immediately released. Instead, they targeted a Jewish restaurant. It's pathetic and rank anti-Semitism. Then he also tweeted, he retweeted a Fox News tweet, which was mind-boggling to me, where it says, the State Department, according to the State Department, Hamas refuses to release women hostages to prevent sharing horrors of captivity. And then he retweeted and wrote, protest this not Jewish restaurants, and worth noting that this happened in Philadelphia, which is in his home state of Pennsylvania. And this comes off of Fetterman hiring former Congressman George Santos, who, by the way, has been kicked out of Congress. Expelled from Congress, <laughs> third person to, to in the last 150 years to be ejected. Well, he has picked up a side gig, which is doing <laughs> cameo videos 
Fetterman hired him to uh, make a video for Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey, who's embroiled in a scandal of his own. Yes. Uh, Fetterman actually, I mean, this was a trolling video. He wanted to troll him. Menendez is a senator as well, and he's under investigation for bribery and corruption. And the evidence is like overwhelming against him. Yeah, I think Uh, they found like gold bars. Gold bars, yes. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's never a good sign when you have gold bars. Just hanging out in your uh, in your office. And Fetterman accused him of working for Egypt, and th- those are the charges that he was bribed by a businessman, and he had been doing things to further help Egypt. So he's been saying. I mean, he said it. I think we played. Did we play the clip last week? I think we did, where he says Santos has to go, but Menendez also has to go. And you got to give Fetterman a lot of credit here. Menendez is a Democrat, so you have Fetterman who's going on the offensive against Menendez in his own party. Yeah, and, and, and using George Santos to get that all done. Yeah, great great work by Fetterman. He's our new favorite person. He is, what's the number? Is he a 10? You do want to reserve the 10s. Okay, so he's a 9. Fine, I'll do a 9-5 or whatever. Fetterman's a 9. He's great. And here's the video uh, of the cameo appearance by George Santos. Hey, Bobby. Uh, look. I don't think I need to tell you, but these people that want to make you get in trouble and want to kick you out and make you run away, you make them put up or shut up. You stand your ground, sir, and don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. Stay strong. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Well, it's good to see that Santos found uh, a way to make some money now that he's been expelled. (laughs) That's true. And it's, you know what? You don't, you can't really tell that Fetterman has this sense of humor. I know. Very, very straight. Is he really Fetterman's the gift that keeps on giving? And did you see, by the way, he also, Fetterman, met with Shirley Bornstein. Did you see, see that? that? No, I didn't see There's that. There's videos out there where he's meeting with Shirley Bornstein and just like talking about the matzah, maybe getting into the Dafyomi, I don't know. <laughs> but, but, but if we find that video, we're going to put it on the WhatsApp group. Okay, we have so many more clips. I don't know how we're going to fit all of this into one episode. I guess we got to just move it and we got to move it quickly. You ready? Go. Okay. Anti Semite list. You ready? So, Harvard president, she's on the anti-Semite list. We got her. Jerry Nadler, highest-ranking Jewish member of Congress. He's on the anti-Semite list. (laughs) It doesn't surprise me. I never liked him. Nobody likes him. Right. Also, he keeps his pants way too high for me to like. Yeah, but it's that big belly. and It's everything. It's everything. Well, he decided to bring up, at a time like this, now I'm not saying what he's saying is factually incorrect. We don't have to get into that. But to talk, to go into Congress where they're talking about voting on a bill that equates anti-Semitism with anti-Zionism, among other things. It was, it was a bill about anti-Semitism, but among the things it expresses is that anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism, which I would argue in today's climate it is, right? For him to get up and argue that it's not because Jews themselves are anti-Zionists, shame on you, Jerry Nadler. Here's what it sounded like. More problematically... The resolution suggests that all anti-Zionism, it states that all anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. That is either intellectually disingenuous or just factually wrong. And it unfairly implicates many of my orthodox former constituents in Brooklyn, many of whose families rose from the ashes of the Holocaust. This resolution ignores the fact that even today, certain orthodox Hasidic Jewish communities, the Satmar in New York and others, as well as adherents of the pre-Jewish state Uh, pre-state Jewish labor movement have held views that are at odds with the modern Zionist conception. Boo. Absolute (laughs) boo. (laughs) 
there's no reason to be bringing that up now. Agreed. Right? Like, like save this. Yeah. If you really feel this way, Jerry Nadler, save it for a time where it's better suited. Why on earth would you try to block? He actually had told all the Democrats to vote present on the bill. The bill got overwhelmingly passed, but over 100 Democrats just voted present, meaning they didn't vote no, but they voted present, so their vote doesn't count. Come on. Jerry, you're on our list. You're on the anti-Semite list. Where does he rank? I'm giving him a two. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Fair Fair score. Okay. Him and Bernie. <laughs> no, Bernie. What did we, we give Bernie? I don't remember. No, Bernie was a one. And then Bernie went up. He did go up. Oh, you're right. You're right. He did. He right, went, he up, went up to a three, but he's back down. Oh. He's back down. He's back we'll, down. We'll get to that he, if we have time. He's two. <laughs> he's with Jerry. Okay, fair. He's with Jerry. Okay. Follow, a follow-up now to the Ben Shapiro versus Candace Owens fight. Candace has been our, on our list. Uh, now the CEO of Daily Wire, Jeremy Boring, was interviewed by Megyn Kelly. And here's what that sounded like when she asked him about the ongoing feud between Ben and Candace. Take a listen. Has really had his hands full. Listen, we, we employ people, give them a platform to give their opinion. We're not always going to agree with the opinions that they give. We empower them to be passionate with those opinions. And sometimes those passions are going to get turned in the wrong direction. And I think that in this particular case, you have two very articulate and passionate people in Ben and Candace. As I said a year ago, if Candace said on the air things that uh, Kanye West was saying a year ago, I, I would have to step in or, or whoever was operating the company at the time would have to step in. But that's not what Candace has done. Candace has expressed opinions that I disagree with, opinions that I maybe even very passionately disagree with in some cases, but that's well within uh, her right as an opinion host at the Daily Wire. I, I think Candace is wrong when she says, you know, Ben's been acting unprofessional or, or, or whatever. He's, he, yes, he's emotional. Uh, I think everybody's very emotional. I think Candace is very emotional about the issue. That's why this conflict spilled out. I, uh, I don't think Ben's been acting emotionally at all. I have to say, I, I listen to a show. I think all Ben's the time. been the most important. I think Ben has been the most important voice in America and perhaps in the world on this issue since 10 7. I think that I he is almost single handedly uh, kept the focus on this the way that it should be. And I think that he is the most well reasoned, articulate voice on the subject that I'm aware of anywhere, anywhere in the world. I love that Megyn Kelly stepped in there and said that she doesn't see him as emotional, but I love even more that Jeremy said that he is the most important voice maybe in the world. I agree. I think he might be, yeah. He's been single-mindedly every single episode since this happened. Every single episode of his podcast has been talking about Israel to the point that I'm worried. I'm hoping he's not losing listeners because we need him to be, to maintain his position in the world of being such an outspoken, you know, orthodox Jewish person, uh, spokesperson for the Jews. And I'm hoping that he's not losing uh, ranking in the world. Well, um, if they stayed uh, after he sang Achenu, then they're on, <laughs> they're on for good. Okay, so Jeremy Boring, you're going to get a two also. On the pro-Semite scale. On the pro-Semite scale. Um, he gets a 1 or a 0.5 on the anti-Semite scale because he's defending Candace and saying what she said was within within reason and with, within her uh, rights. Well, it I is. I don't think, I don't think that it's a genocide. Not... She, she, she said that Israel's committing a genocide. That's it. To me, you're on the scale. And, it, and for Jeremy to say that that is well within her right, you're yes. saying that that is— He gets is... a 0.5. Okay. 
0.5. I think it's a little nitpicky, but uh, yeah? yeah, I think so. A I think he can stay. <laughs> but nobody wants to be on the anti-Semite scale. Everyone's on it, including you. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't told you your number yet. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, I, I, wrong. Guess, I guess it is true. It, okay. is, it is somewhat true, but I don't want to trivialize the anti-Semite uh, spectrum. Yeah. I don't okay. want to trivialize <laughs> okay. it and make it just everybody's on it. Just where are you? Fine, like, fine. He's off. Some, okay. Are you we happy? Have, we have to have some zeros. Like they, they just people don't want to be on the anti-Semite spectrum. I don't think Jeremy needs to be there. He has a pro-Semite mark of a two, yes. which, by the way, in and of itself, isn't great. Right? You want to no. be higher than a two. No, no. Pro-Semite means you took an active stance. Yes. But everybody who is an actual pro-Semite would be insulted if you just only gave them a two. Well, this is the only thing I've seen him do. I understand. But in his mind, he thinks he's like a seven. I mean, he's better than Chris Wallace, right? You know, I'm picking a random name out of the hat. You know, right. he's using his platform to say positive things, so he gets the two. Right. I if, think... he, if he does more, we'll praise him. We will raise him. <laughs> I'm not above raising people, as okay. you know. I see that. I see. Next person on the anti-Semite scale is George Soros, the Israeli ambassador to the UN, Gilad Erdan. He issued a scathing com- condemnation of the billionaire, the Jewish billionaire, where he says that he has contributed over $15 million to these organizations that have been uh, creating and managing all of these anti-Israel and anti Semitic protests. And by the way, they're very organized. Very organized. I've seen we some of this. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some of the paraphernalia, and it is shockingly uh, just organized. Yeah. There's no other word for it. These are your chants. The chants. This yes. is what you do. This is yes. where you stand. This yes. is how you march. This yes. is what you answer. Yes. Like, it's it's wild. Very, very organized. Soros, he's getting a nine yeah. on the anti-Semitic Well-deserved. Yeah. Well-deserved, and maybe even a little easy. Well, 10, remember, 10 is Hamas. Right, so he's not an actual Hamas militant, right? But he's a nine. Okay, but he's supporting them. That's yeah. fair. Okay, and that's all we have for on our scale. I think it's time we move on a little bit, uh, and just because we're talking about this topic, but we're just going to mention the fact that in multiple places around the world, the Hanukkah lighting of the menorah has been canceled in many places, including in East London, uh, in Virginia, in New Brunswick, Canada, but. Late breaking news, they, the city has reversed themselves and they actually will be lighting the menorah there in New Brunswick. So good. good Provide security. Yeah. You know, but it's a little depressing that it's not taking place uh, as usual. In the other places. Yes. But in Canada, it is going to continue. Um, And speaking of Canada, by the way, I saw an interesting uh, article because it's just Canadian. The city of Ottawa, which we've mentioned before. They paid nearly $670,000 to a company called KPMG. They're a consulting company. They paid them $670,000 to help them spend less money on consultants. <laughs> you know, we could have got this gig. <laughs> we totally could have got this gig. We're sleeping. We should have got that gig. <laughs> we are sleeping. <laughs> it's crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Okay, let's move to Israel just for a second, and then we'll move on to the rest of the news. Good? Take it away. Uh, There's talk about Israel flooding the tunnels, the Hamas tunnels, with seawater. They've brought in pumps into the Gaza Strip. Yeah, there are pictures. crazy. Yeah, there's pictures of actual, like, like hoses on the beaches of Gaza, and they're really just speculating. But it seems like it's for flooding the tunnels. Yeah, they want to try to basically, like like the rodents that they are, Hamas. Flush them out. Flush them out. Could you imagine these terrorists like in their tunnels? 
they're living the life. They're very happy in there. They know that they, they're not getting attacked. And all of a sudden, like... Abdul, you hear something? Did you flush the toilet good? <laughs> Sounds like it's running. <laughs> Meanwhile, they have no idea that seawater sea is waters. coming. <laughs> I smell <laughs> something. <laughs> smells like stomach. What's that? Is fish? <laughs> Do you smell the fish? And then all before they know it. No! <laughs> they get washed away, carried My up. Yeah. <laughs> carried up. They get carried up to the entrance. They, they literally will get flooded out. Or drown. Right. Prefer- well, preferentially. Right. Whichever one comes first. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you saw this one. An Etla plane had to be diverted after they lost an engine, which is pretty crazy. But even crazier is we have the audio between the airline and the control towers well multiple control towers and it's pretty crazy i've never actually listened to one through but i listened to all i think it was like 10 or 12 minutes i listened to the whole thing i couldn't stop listening <laughs> riveting content it, i imagine it, i mean i'm gonna play a little bit right now but it's it's crazy because it's wild because he goes from tower to tower i guess as he crosses into different locations he ends up talking to a different tower and they keep telling him okay change frequency to whatever and he has to do it and also is interesting is that you, every time he speaks, he mentions the word Mayday. So, and we'll talk a little bit about Mayday, but here's a little bit about how it sounded. Okay, Okay, what airport would you like to go back to, sir? So he seems uh, extremely composed, yeah. like more than I <laughs> yeah, would prefer. <laughs> you know so what I'm saying? I would like a little more alarm <laughs> in his voice. Yeah, and I'm sure the people on the plane were, you know, there was Tillam Galore go- going on on that flight. I wonder. I really I'm wonder. I'm sure. I'm Do, sure. You know, sometimes they just keep the passenger in the dark. You think they did? I mean, I, I don't know. Anyone on a wing, you know, anyone who's sitting on the wing sees. Will feel, will yeah. feel the tilt. You would also hear it, right? Because you hear the engines. If an engine stops, the plane's going to hear it. You can hear a hum that was going on the whole time. Just stop. I just wonder if the stewardesses were, like, informed to, like, Keep the passengers calm. Tell them that there's nothing wrong. Excuse me, they, I don't hear my uh, my engine right here. It's uh, is it? Did you put it off or something? <laughs> and then they just have to say, "Don't worry, sir. Don't worry. Everything under control." I hope. I Supposed hope. to be off. <laughs> Supposed to be off now. Stay in your seat, please. But sir, but but ma'am, why are we landing now? <laughs> if it was supposed to be off, uh, the pilot forgot something. <laughs> He forgot something. They sent it to Cyprus. It's uh, it's finished. But also, why does he keep saying Mayday? So it's interesting. You know, I, I looked it up because I, I was he, in every single response he says the word Mayday at least once. I was thinking it might be protocol. So 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 it turns out that Mayday was actually started in the early 1920s. It comes from the French word Mede. I think I'm saying that right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which means you don't say help me. Mm. So. And the protocol is that when you're in that situation, you have to say the words mayday three times, as you heard him do, mayday, mayday, mayday. That has to be the first thing that you say, and that lets them know that this is an actual emergency. Well, he says it on every communication, though. Every communication, yes. And if you listen to the rest of it, he continues. Every time he responds, he's like, okay, we'll, we'll, we want to land in JFK mayday. 
He'll, he'll consistently say it. And I'm assuming that's so that every single tower, every other plane, everyone who hears any of the, the you know, transmissions hear that they're in this emergency. So pretty I mean, crazy. But thank goodness everything went okay. But in the event that it doesn't, God forbid, you know that this, uh, this audio file is going to be analyzed over and over again. And he's covering his bases, basically. Yes. Yes. You know, he said Mayday every single time. Like, there should be no confusion. He did his responsibility. Absolutely. Also coming out of Israel, uh, I'm sure you saw the video of Chabad putting up a menorah in Gaza. It wasn't really Chabad. It was soldiers. Oh, was it? Yes. Oh, so that was just a... That was just a... It was. It's a Chabad menorah that was being put up by soldiers in Gaza. Ah, okay. So, yeah, the tweet that I saw what said Chabad of Gaza putting up a menorah. Yeah, I don't think there is yet a fully functional Chabad of Gaza. I wouldn't be surprised. That's why. (laughs) I was like, of course there's a Chabad in Gaza. Why wouldn't there be a Chabad in Gaza? I'm not sure if it's actually up and running, but uh, there's definitely a menorah. Kudos. Kudos. It's a Kiddush Hashem. That's all I could say. So also coming out of Israel, uh, the ceasefire is no longer. Israel is back to attacking in the south. And uh, so at this point, the hostages that we've received are going to remain the ones we received and there are still 137 hostages that are still in gaza that we need to continue davening for and of course we hope that they're okay but we we have no way of knowing that now uh the accounts of the hostages are starting to come out uh and how they were mistreated and and the way hamas uh didn't feed them uh, kept them in the dark. Branded them with a, with a muffler of a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stories Horrible. are just too much to bear. Uh, but the most interesting thing uh, that I thought that came out was that they gave uh, sedatives to the hostages before releasing them back to Israel. So they, Of course they did. Right. It shouldn't surprise us. Right. Right? Because we do. We, last episode, we were talking about how they seemed like super friendly. Right. Right? And they seemed, oh, like, oh, bye. Like almost as though we'll miss you or something like right, that. They gave them Kalanapen. Right, right. So that makes perfect sense. Exactly. And uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to move the dial. The rest of the world is still going to say, oh, look how nicely they were treated. Right, exactly. Which is ridiculous. But That's one thing about this conflict is that you're not going to convince anyone on either side ever. That's right. That's right. But also I'm sure you saw the clip with Bibi talking about the Haredim. Yes, very important clip. So we'll play a little bit of it just to set it up. So Bibi was being asked, they had uh, allocated, they had recently passed a funding bill and they had allocated money for Haredi schools and he was being asked about it. Uh, Which, by the way, was not a good person, whoever that was. She was saying, uh, we have all these expenses from the war. Are we still giving money to the people that are just uh, sitting and learning? Right. Right? right, and he was like, he made a joke out of it, out of her actually, yeah. not out of it. He was saying, like, are you are you kidding me? Like, this is such a small amount. Like, why are you even bringing it up? It's the time to be together now, right. not a time to create divisiveness or promote that narrative. Right, exactly. Uh, here, here's what he said. כי זה לחרדים, אז מורה חרדית היא לא מורה, וילד חרדי הוא חצי ילד, הוא לא חצי ילד, והיא לא חצי מורה. אלה בני אדם, אלה אחינו ואחיותינו. We kept the clip short because it's in Hebrew, but basically it's him saying that the budget for Haredim is, is, is literally a fraction 
of the entire budget. It is a joke to even discuss it. There's going to be money for everybody. Like, what are you worried about? Is that what you're worried about? There will be money for everyone. Well, well said. Well said, BB. And moving into American politics, here's a clip of our president. And we've been going soft on him because he's been very good for Israel. Yes. But we do have to cover sometimes when he does things like this. We are journalists, after all. <laughs> are we, though? <laughs> here's the clip. Instead of cutting them, or like Congressman Trump and Bob want to do. I'm just confused about where that term came from. You know, usually if you have somebody who's older and, and gets confused in that way, they fall back on things that they're used to, right? So if he said President Trump or Donald Trump, I would get it. But there never was a Congressman <laughs> Trump. So where is this coming from in we his mind? No, we don't know. It's mind-boggling to me that people still think he's can be the candidate for president right. in 2024. It's, right. it's low lucidity scores, yeah. for sure. Yes, absolutely. And also in politics, coming out of Washington State in Thurston County, so there was an election for city council, and one of the candidates named Damian Green, he beat out his opponent. So now what's interesting about this is in this city council vote, Damian Green you know how they always do, I think we talked about this, right? Where they always take a video of them like voting, they come out of the voting box. Yes, all candidates do that. Right. right. It's a photo op. That's all it is. So he had said that he didn't feel comfortable voting for himself. He said, quote, I thought it was kind of narcissistic, so I didn't vote for myself. <laughs> Conflict of interest. Yeah. <laughs> he lost the race by one vote. No. Yes. His own vote. His own vote. Had but he voted for himself. He would have tied. He would have tied. And there would have been a runoff. Well, those are notoriously tight. I mean, it's city council. It's a tiny thing. But but yeah, that's a little bizarre. Bizarre. Could you imagine him going home that night to his wife and having to explain this? (laughs) It's like 298 to 299. Sorry. Exactly. (laughs) Ridiculous. Also in the news, this was a crazy one. Former Wall Street banker Randall Atkins paid $2 million for a Wyoming coal mine without seeing it in 2012. He figured he would make a quick buck, you know, that kind of thing. After they investigated it, it turns out that this coal mine has a tremendous amount of rare earth elements. You know, these are like the things that we get, a lot of it we get from China, believe it or not, uh, minerals, cobalt, things like that. They estimate that this mine could be worth $37 billion. Wow, that's like winning the lottery. Crazy. Could you imagine? But he bought it in 2012. Why is this coming up now? I guess it takes time for them to, you know... Well, 11 years later. Yeah. Well, the truth is, if you any 11-year investment that ends up with you having $37 billion is good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I'll wait 11 years <laughs> for 37B. So also in national news, and uh, this has come to the forefront now with uh, what's going on in Israel, you know, gun control. It, it's always a, a touchy subject in the United States. Israel relaxed their gun control laws And they were actually encouraging citizens to arm themselves because of what's been going on. So gun control here in the United States is always flares up. I saw a video that was just so American. (laughs) So the story is an 11-year-old kid in Alabama shot a home intruder. Hmm. And he was being interviewed about it on the news. And here's what he had to say. It was a full metal jacket bullet. I went straight to the bag and hit him and was like... And he started crying like a little baby. A baby that learned his lesson. When I pulled the gun out on him, I guess he didn't think it was a real gun because he, he didn't worry about it. He just kept on walking. 
I mean, this this boy has all the makings of the next Donald Trump. Oh yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. Right? He was crying. He was crying like a baby. I said, "Abu, don't cry." <laughs> he was crying like a little baby. <laughs> you remember the clip I'm talking about? Of course. <laughs> And also about kids in the news doing adult things. A 12-year-old boy <laughs> was arrested after he stole a construction forklift and he led p- police on an hour-long chase, striking 10 vehicles in the pursuit. And here's actually video of it. I mean, you could you could watch the video as we talk. Uh, and the funniest part about this was that it was an hour-long chase, but the entire time... It's like 12 mile an hour chase. <laughs> going, <laughs> The article says it. I'm between, watching it. Between 50 and 20 miles an hour. It took them an hour to get him. And you could hear, it says in the article that you hear at different points, you hear an officer saying, he's lowering the hooks. Don't go in front of the forklift. <laughs> I need to know where this was again, please. This was in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Well, I mean, you know, this would not happen in, in Brooklyn. Yeah. Right. The, the whole story is just crazy. They, they stopped the pursuit at, at 7.18 p.m. when the boy left city limits going across the M14 bridge. Could you imagine? Like, they actually stopped. Well, oh, we can't cross city oh, limits. Oh, rats. He got away. <laughs> like, like, how is this? How could this be in America? And you, you just see this boy just drive. By the way, does a pretty good job of driving this forklift. Yeah, for 12 years old. By the way, do not try this at home. <laughs> I feel like that is a disclaimer that we need to mention. Okay, also in world news. We've talked about the whales and we've talked about the orcas a lot, right? Yeah, we've given them their fair share we've of airtime. We've given air them time. their share, but they're, they're still in the news. The orcas are, there's something going on with the orcas. There's something going on with the orcas. We've talked about how they keep attacking boats and they're sinking boats. It's like serious. Now in Australia, a great white shark washed up on shore. A great white shark that was halved. What do you mean, two, two pieces? pieces. It was attacked by orcas. You know, orcas are a predator of the great white shark. And they do it because they want to get to the great white's liver. They want to eat its liver, which makes them even scarier. I mean, I think that they're earning their name as the killer whale because that's what they are. Yeah. They are killer whales. That's right. And this is coming on the heels of multiple shark attacks where people lost their lives. A woman in Boston you know, by the way, we've mentioned the shark attacks are rare. We did a whole episode where we talked about animal, you know, killings and, and what ranks. And I think, uh, if I remember correctly, hippos were very, very high yeah, on the list. They were high on the <laughs> right? list. Right? They were like number right. one or number two. Sharks were really, really low. But in the last few weeks, there's been a rash of, you know, shark attacks. One of them was in Boston. This just happened. A woman in Boston died after she was attacked by a shark in the Bahamas. It comes one day after a woman was killed in Mexico as she was swimming with her daughter. Last month, another person was attacked and killed in the Bahamas. And what I'm thinking is Yeshiva Week is coming. I know people go to the Bahamas. I was just going to say that I'm happy that these stories are happening in the winter because at least this time. But now you're telling me Yeshiva Week is upon us. It is. And yeah, you, you really need to be you need to be alert. Yeah. Last June... Also, a woman from Iowa was killed in the Bahamas. Same thing. Something's going on in the Bahamas. No, no. Something's going on under the water. Like, I feel like the world of the ocean is its own world. It is. And it has its own ecosystem and its own things that occur. We just, we're not aware. Yeah. Something's going on under the sea. Yeah. You got to respect it. Yeah. And stay away from it. That's what I do. (laughs) That's that's what I do. That's one way to handle it. Stay away. Okay, let's move to Great Britain. 
in Milford Haven. So a couple who for years had a naval shell, right? So like a, a missile shell, mm-hmm. the outside of Artillery missile. shell. Artillery shell. Thank you. Mm-hmm. In their garden, it was an ornament in their garden, and they had it for years. The bomb squad showed up to remove it. It turned out it was live. They had it there for years. Wait a second. So what what prompted the bomb squad to just show up? A passing officer happened to notice it, and he told the couple that he was going to have to alert the Ministry of Defense. They came. They removed it. They put it under five tons of sand and detonated it. But that's not the craziest part of the story. When the couple, when the, the husband found out that it was live, now they've had this for many, many years. Here's a quote from the article. Quote, I told the bomb disposal unit, we're not leaving the house. We're staying here. If it goes up, we're going to go up with it. <laughs> Talk about an emotional connection. <laughs> to an artillery shell. No, to your yard ornaments. <laughs> you know, because it wasn't an artillery shell to them. Right. It was just a, you know, some, a decorative uh, piece. I mean, if I had an artillery shell and I found out that it was live, I, I'm getting on a plane and I'm moving to Eritasrael that day. Listen, it's, it's, it's cool. It's definitely cool to have. But at... At what cost, right? Exactly. This guy was ready. This guy was all in. He was all he in. He was all in. Another quote. He says, it was an old friend. I'm so sorry that the poor old thing was blown to pieces. I just, I have to wonder about the mental capacity of these people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm with you. And this was a lot of clips for this one episode. And so it's gone a little bit long. Uh, of course, we wish everyone a happy Hanukkah, but I want to end by bringing up, since you did mention that this is the holiday season, an unbelievable tweet from our very own Rabbi Greenspan. And this is what the tweet said. <laughs> I don't think I can read it. And here's the tweet. I heard there was a Gaish family that left a plate of falafel balls out on Xmas night by mistake, and Shy Groucher showed up. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant that's awesome it's just brilliant it's just brilliant because you know what it is you actually imagine it happening like i feel like this also needs a disclaimer like do not try this at home <laughs> like the last thing we want is falafel balls out and the kid and the parents being like where'd you get this idea from it was robert greenspan <laughs> We wish a happy Hanukkah to all our listeners. If you'd like to join the WhatsApp group, you can find the link in these show notes as well as the link to our Instagram and to our Twitter feed. Also, if you'd like to support the podcast, visit buyusacoffee.com slash kiddishclub. The link to that is also in these show notes or you can find it all on kiddishclubpodcast.com. And Kiddish Club out. This episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.